day it is. Thank you once again for letting me into your home and heart. I remain the voice of one. Some time ago, we discussed why some people do not repent even when they know that they have sinned against God. One of the reasons we put forward was that some of them believe that because God is good, he cannot send anyone to hell. Interestingly, the proponents of this idea are not only those who believe there is no God, but also those who claim faith in God. They simply cannot imagine that if God is good, and he indeed is, he would send anyone to hell. If this were the thinking of a few people, it would be worrisome. However, the fact that entire generations across the world believe and have believed this demands that we urgently discuss this matter. Can a good God send anyone to hell? Let me begin by sharing the story of a drowning young man and the kind gentleman who rescued him. One day as a man was driving to work, he noticed out of the corner of his eye a young man in the river below the bridge he was driving on, drowning with his hands flailing in the air. Without a second thought for his own life, this man stripped off his suit, tie, clothes, shoes and dove into the river, wearing only his underpants. A few minutes later, he emerged from the river with a drowning man, administered mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation and called the paramedics. Several months later, the young man who had been saved from drowning was in court, awaiting trial for armed robbery. The evidence overwhelmingly indicated his guilt. As the judge entered the courtroom, the young man's face suddenly lit up. He recognized the judge. It was the kind gentleman who had rescued him from drowning some months earlier. Overwhelmed with excitement, he couldn't contain himself and requested to speak. Despite the unusual request, the judge allowed him. The young man then announced to the judge that he, the judge, had rescued him from drowning some months earlier. The judge countered, that was then, now we face a different scenario. Then it was a rescue, now it is time for justice and judgment. Human beings are unable to fathom how one who shows kindness can become assertive when it comes to discipline. Hence, we have children who think their parents are harsh just because they call them to order when they are being disorderly. Now, let us shift our focus to God and explore some examples of his interactions with human beings throughout history. When God was preparing to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he confided in Abraham regarding his intentions. Abraham's reaction was one of consternation as recorded in the message version of Genesis 18, 23-25 thus. Are you serious? Are you planning on getting rid of the good people right along with the bad? What if there are 50 decent people left in the city? Will you lump the good with the bad and get rid of the lot? Would you just spare the city for the sake of those 50 innocents? I can't believe you do that. Kill off the good and the bad alike as if there were no difference between them? Doesn't the judge of all the earth judge with justice? And this is the issue. Is God merely good but devoid of justice? Or is he both a good and just God? Undoubtedly, he is both good and just. In the Garden of Eden, after God created Adam and Eve and placed them within the garden, he instructed them to freely eat any fruit except that from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God acknowledged the goodness and pleasantness of all the garden's fruits, yet he forbade consumption from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Furthermore, he warned them that consuming the forbidden fruit would lead to death. Regrettably, Adam and Eve disregarded God's counsel, heeding Satan's words instead, and from then on, every human being faces death. It is possible that Adam and Eve speculated that a benevolent God would not permit their demise, or perhaps they were deceived by Satan's falsehood that God would not enact lethal consequences. 
when God liberated the Israelites from Egyptian bondage and revealed the fatal promised land to which he was guiding them, he also cautioned that disobedience will culminate in their expulsion and exile. They may have presumed that a benevolent God would not exile his own, and consequently, they strayed from his commands within the promised land. Subsequently, God dispatched the Assyrians to northern Israel and the Babylonians to Judah, exiling the Israelites. In Romans chapter 11, the apostle Paul cautions Gentile Christians against presuming their indispensability to God. He drew an analogy between wild olives, that is Gentile Christians, grafted into good olives and their insertion into positions vacated by these good olives, that is the erring Jews. He cautioned that just as the good olives were removed, God could also eliminate the grafted wild olives if pride and pomposity emerged. Presently, there are proponents of the doctrine of once saved, always saved, positing that after being born again, regardless of how you live, you are guaranteed entry into heaven. This echoes the falsehood Satan propagated to Eve in Eden. It must be stated without equivocation that once you are born again, you must embrace and uphold a lifestyle aligned with God's will, thereby accessing his blessings, including eternal life in heaven. But failure to live right before God will lead to damnation in hell. Yet, adherents of a good God cannot send anyone to hell, assert that God would not consign a Christian to hell for his transgressions. Conceivably, these advocates are unfamiliar with Almighty God. It is written of him in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through to 31. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Beloved, the essence of a good judge lies not in disregarding crime, but in dispensing justice appropriately. A virtuous judge cannot permit criminals to roam free in society. Only a corrupt judge would entertain such notions. A righteous judge diligently assesses the case before them and renders judgment accordingly. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, the contemporary English version reads, God has already begun judging his own people. And if his judgment begins with us, imagine how terrible it will be for those who refuse to obey his message. The scriptures say, if good people barely escape, what will happen to sinners and to others who don't respect God? Beloved, within the realm of goodness exists the concept of justice. It is the benevolence of God that establishes him as just. God's goodness prompted him to dispatch Jesus to the earth where he willingly bore the burden of sin on behalf of humanity and died at Calvary. This sacrifice affords everyone the chance to escape God's condemnation of sinners. Romans chapter 2 verses 4 through to 8 as presented in the message translation states, Did you think that because he is such a nice God, he'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. You are not getting by with anything. Every refusal and avoidance of God adds fuel to the fire. The day is coming when it's going to blaze hot and high. God's fiery and righteous judgment. Make no mistake, 
In the end, you get what's coming to you. Real life for those who walk on God's side. But to those who insist on getting their own way and take the path of least resistance, fire. Friend, recognize that God's inherent goodness paved the way for sinners to escape the torment of hell when they accept Jesus' sacrificial atonement on the cross as payment for their sins. God's benevolence assures that when the world faces judgment, you can avoid it by acknowledging Jesus' redemptive act on your behalf. Will you embrace this offer now and secure salvation from God's verdict on sinners? Because friend, God, though good, will certainly judge all human beings and send sinners to hell. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your message to us today. Indeed, you are good and nobody can controvert that. You are kind, you are merciful, but you are also a God of justice and a God of judgment. I pray, Lord, as many now, as return to you and confess you as Lord and Savior, and seek your forgiveness from sin. And Father, you will present to them the gift of salvation and save them mightily. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye. Okay.